0: This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the Dice Over Everything companion podcast, where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide.
1: All right, let's get started with the toughest one of all. What have you been up to for for gaming? So let's talk about it for four minutes. All
0: right. So... We have been getting into our necromunda campaign and so uh, because of that I painted up you know I got a bunch of new Jews so I had to paint up some extra uh, necromunda guys Uh, and then I decided to fill in some more necromunda like I guess not necromunda campaign uh, sorry necromunda terrain but I did do some post-apocalyptic terrain and uh because of that, I've been thinking that I kind of want to play more like post-apocalyptic games because I've mm-hmm. made this terrain. I've been playing around with rust effects and stuff like that. And, and basically, I started off with, I think I mentioned last time, uh, I started working on the Kill Team Octarius terrain that I had. And yeah. then I started buying extra terrain because it wasn't enough for a table. Just more scatter stuff? <laughs> yeah, more scatter and then more pieces. And then I went out and bought more pieces on top of that. Uh, and I did start doing some stuff. For, well, I still continued some stuff for uh, Infinity as well. But I'm at the point where I need to start working on a diorama that I had because it's been like a year. So got that. got that.
1: How about you? Oh, I've just been wrapping up a few more Infinity guys because we've got a tournament coming up on this weekend. So it involved painting yep. guys like mostly white because they have long jackets. And I, I recall how difficult it is to you know, paint white well. But, you know, I have a formula. And I follow the formula. Even though, like, at the beginning of the painting, you're like, no, this isn't white, this isn't white. And at the very end, it's like, okay, I put four layers down. Now this kind of looks like white. Mm-hmm. So. It's not a fun color to paint, but hard, so. I'm really? Okay I that. like white. Well, I know you I paint white. a lot of white. And not the and white I, I painted
0: I, looks a I lot. I like... now like it. I yeah, now you like painting white. Because you
1: put a lot of blue into the background color of yeah. your white, right? I use blue to shade it, yeah, in general. Oh, you shade it. Okay, I start off with like a blue color, then build its way up through layers. I do like s-
0: white, then blue, shade it, and then I go back up to white.
1: Okay, so basically, that's basically how probably, I do it. It's probably less demanding than just building up and up and up very slowly with really thin layers, but I like the, the smooth look you get through just loads of layers. So that was it's been mm. my approach for doing that. Other hobbies. Do stuff? you have a
0: gray base, gray or brown base? that's a great blue okay so you also do a blue base as well
1: yeah for this particular color i think we've talked about this before like the base color you use for your white kind of comes down to the color scheme you're doing so the color scheme my guys have has a lot of blue in them and i know your color schemes that you've got white and also have lots of blue so it's a good base to go from yep oops
0: all right so we still have one more minute what else do you want to talk about what other hobbying stuff have you been doing gaming wise
1: Oh, Gaming-wise, I should go find some more Necromunda guys because mm-hmm. I've I'll probably have more dudes than I have models for. So I suppose I should get some more models. But the ones I want to go along with my corpse grinders for more, just like the initiative basic guys, are sold out everywhere. It's kind of the chaos, chaos. I would want to buy the Chaos Cultists out of Blackstone Fortress, which they sell a box mm. for, but they're kind of yeah. out all the places around here. So I don't know what I'll do about that.
0: Well, you can buy that new Kill Team box that's
1: coming out. Oh, I don't like the look of those guys, which is not what we've been doing. But they, they look really They have, like, tunics yeah. on. So, knocked down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, also, the last thing, we've now, I think, almost gone to eight minutes. Uh, sorry, four minutes. Uh, is we've been playing Blood of Stars, our game. Uh, and just to fit it in, right? Because, you know, sometimes we, we, we hang out before we go, go to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the weekend and stuff. And I really enjoyed like how fast how fast it is to just like plop it down and play it. It's been really good.
1: Oh yeah, the whole lot. Because a lot of World. the other
0: games that we really like just take longer, right? Like an hour and a half or, or two hours, and that's mm-hmm. just like like on a weekday, it's just harder to slot that in right before you go into a normal time to eat. So. Yep. All right. So now that's what we're doing hobby-wise. Um, what's the first question? You want to go with yours?
1: yeah why not we'll break this up so i'm not sure if this follows into a topic we're gonna into the whole terrain thing we've been like mentioning for what we've been well you've been working on for stuff but uh, we play a lot of skirmish games which may mean this doesn't come up as much but how much do you think of like high level strategy when it comes to playing like planning out how you're gonna like your winning strategy for a game, like what sort of maneuvers you're going to make on the board, for whether you're, because we looked into these more when we played War Machine for like the refused flank strategy, pincer moves, all that. Just thinking of like how you're going to play the whole game out. How much do you think of that at the very beginning? Uh, of the game or a turn? No, at the very beginning of the game when you're like deploying. How much do you think like, okay, here's my overall strategy for this whole game? Okay, two minutes. Oh, wow. All right. This could pro- I thought this could be like an hour if we decided. But <laughs> well, I mean, we don't care that much about this. Into a
0: so. full one. Um, I do think about it, but it's pretty brief. Um, It also depends on who I'm playing against, right? If you're playing against someone who really cares about strategy, I will put more effort in to uh, choosing my strategies because the the worst thing you want is like a blowout where one person planned everything meticulously and like put a lot of thought into it and then you didn't think at all and you just ran for it and just got cut to ribbons right Mm -hmm. and then the game is not even really a game right so i do reflect the other person like the other person just puts their tables on and 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 just wants to get get into it let's say you are trying to get a game done quickly then i do the same thing um, if the person is putting more strategy and thought into it, I, I do try to think uh, a bit more about where I'm going to be uh, until the end. Uh, that said, what I prefer is I, I tend to prefer the former rather than the later, just like throwing things roughly. It's like I don't want to do anything stupid, but you know, just like a, just like a minute or two before I, I put everything down. I'm like, OK, this is my rough thing. What do I want to do? And then I just place them, them for it and then just see how it goes. I like the... Yeah, that's basically how I play now, which is actually very different than I used to play, but
1: yeah. How about you? Yeah, because we we used to play more larger games, which is where I think you have Mm -hmm. to do that sort of strategic planning for your overall Mm -hmm. army thing, but now that we've started playing more skirmish games, I don't think it matters quite as much, because I... I just find myself like, well, no, I okay, it does matter. I know it does matter. But I think it you, matters just as much, but we don't care
0: as much. Honestly, uh, I think we are worse players in terms of strategy than we used to be. Yeah, but probably. we have more fun, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, my strategy is usually just like, okay, this guy would be good in this position because maybe he's fast and he can run up through this more terrain here. Okay, this guy's got a long-range weapon. I'll put him here because it'll work well. But in terms of like making it overall work together cohesively into a total plan, mm, I'm not mm. I'm not sure it really is that way. It's more just like, well, I'll just play the rock, paper, scissors with like this guy's good against this, this guy's good against this, but yeah. kind of ignoring the whole overall Armory strategy. which.
0: Yeah, I and know. I think part of it is mitigated, like our... <laughs> Our, our less thinking is part of it is mitigated just by like experience right because we're more experienced players now right so we're generally better at the like the, just the intrinsic ideas of how to play it mm-hmm. but uh i don't think we put nearly as much thought anymore as as we used to also when we're playing um a alternating activation versus an i go you go
1: like if you don't think at all with an i go you go you can just lose the first turn right Oh, because the opponent can pull off that whole grand strategy thing against you, and you don't get to sort of yep. do anything at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. You don't have you don't have time to like change your strategy midway through a turn,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Uh, with an alternate activation, if you didn't think about something, like if they moved like the first guy, it might trigger in you. Especially if, considering the experience we have, it might trigger in you the idea that oh my god, I have to. I have to resolve this, otherwise I'm going to lose, right? So you mm-hmm. can change your strategy based on what your opponent does, right? So it's just easier.
1: All right. Okay. That was, that was long enough sure. for that.
0: All right. So Maybe we'll, for maybe we'll me, see about that in a future podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll do pull that into a full full. World. If we go
1: back to being competitive um, or something.
0: So I have a question about uh, stuff that's happening out in the miniature gaming world. Uh, Games Workshop has made a huge push with Horus Heresy. Do you do you know what this game is? I've, I
1: looked at the mattress and
0: started ignoring it. Yes, exactly. But Games Workshop has put a lot of effort into it. They they've like released it. They had like they invited a whole bunch of people into Games Workshop Warhammer Worlds to make this as a huge push of a new game, right? Uh, so my question is, do you think? <laughs> Do you think that Horus Heresy will be a hit? One short. short.
1: Oh good. Thank you. <laughs> uh so I think it it feels like an appeal to the like really old school since second edition gamers which would be us if we hadn't have left. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like more of an appeal to their existing base which has been working for them for cuz that's what they've been doing forever. Mm-hmm but yeah. I don't see it reaching out to any new players because it's like so self, self-referential that it's not going to mm-hmm. do anything for the people who are out there. Anyways, that's my 30 seconds on that.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, and There's a couple of, of e- extra reasons for that. On top of what you've said, is mm-hmm. that um, the game... Is huge. Apparently, like the the army box comes with two thousand points of Marines, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool for like one box to play. But then if you read into it, apparently Horse Heresy is meant to be played with three thousand points per side.
1: it Sounds like Apocalypse. Whoa, that's that's definitely. Not a I know
0: that's so many models, and I feel like you're not going to be able to get new people, but they will, I think sell a lot of the intro boxes, but I don't know how... Unless they reduce that that number, I don't know how many new players they're going to get in. So, I don't think it's going to be hit either. I think they'll sell the the main box. I think the box will be a hit, but I don't think the game will be a hit.
1: Yeah, I can go with that. All right. All right, another one
0: for you? Yep. So, since we already talked about Games Workshop... um, I've been thinking about just, so because there's been a lot of releases with games from Games Workshop that have been super expensive lately, and there's been a, a lot of extra complaining, right? Obviously, inflation is wide across the board everywhere, but Games Workshop has, like a good capitalist company, used it as an excuse to really wrap, ramp up the prices. Um, And so I've been thinking about the the Games Workshop competitive advantage and how they're continuing to uh, get people to stay in their their ecosystem and also to, you know, new people to come in. And I've been wondering about the differences between Games Workshop plastics and 3D printed resin. And I'm wondering, my question is, um, how much of a competitive edge are GW plastics versus 3D resin and other other kind of games, and miniatures. All right, six
1: minutes. Oh, wow. So All right. Question. So, I guess generally what you see with the plastics is if the, the company has the scale to create plastics, it looks like they can usually create them for a fair bit cheaper If like as long as they manage to be able to sell the volume they want to sell. And yeah. just, like, the quality ends up being... I don't know. It seems like the quality is often higher than the resin higher stuff. Higher than- I and the listen. resin stuff, I find I like the hard edges on it better than the resin. Like I find resin often that's like
0: I think this is what. Okay, you're talking about. Okay, so you're not not cast resin, 3D printed resin. You're talking about, right? Yeah. I I think that I think you're right in that the current crop of 3D printed resin is slightly lower. Like when I get, like I basically order stuff from, let's say Etsy or 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 just out there, right? Like small companies. The current crop of, what is it, 2K to 4K printers look like they're lower quality, slightly, than the sharp plastic edges. Mm-hmm. But they do allow greater um, variation. Because I think the plastics that GW has is, although they have sharp edges, it doesn't look like they can do the same type of like bumpy detail and things like that. The fine texture so more, stuff? Yeah, fine texture details. It's like... It's more like it's they're really good at making squares and coming to a point right mm-hmm. um but then that finer like bumps and things like that or more naturalistic kind of stuff there actually doesn't seem like maybe they can do it they just don't really do it but it doesn't seem like they can do it as well everything looks very um <laughs> plastic mm-hmm. sets right? Yeah. like very sharp edges but very defined edges but you don't have that kind of flowing kind of uh, texture that you would have uh, on, let's say, naturalistic skin or clothing or things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I've seen that do, done pretty decently on 3D-printed resin mm-hmm. because, you know, they build it up layer by layer. Um, the other thing, though, is uh, this 4K, 8K stuff is another level up, right? And if 8K becomes the standard, I think 3D printed resin, in terms of detail, will be just better than plastics.
1: Yeah, I really do like texture details on models, which is probably yeah. why I've been staying with. You can also do to undercuts, me.
0: too. Yes. So, which yep. is a big deal. Like, if you try and do undercuts in plastic, well, you can't do them. So then they have to dice up the model into a million pieces. If you want a
1: gun barrel uh, with a hole in it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but whereas a 3D resin printer, because they build it up in layers, up they can they can do that, right? When they when they build it up. Um, the other thing though that I I'm I've been thinking about is I'm not sure, like as as painters, right? We care a lot about the details and how how everything looks, but I think we often neglect how much the many of our hobby compatriots actually their main hobby is assembling models. And assembling resin models is not fun. No, the, the joints aren't going to fit together as well. Usually. No, oftentimes, I think they often do, but like they just are often one piece or they build it up. And then to clean it up mm-hmm. means to chop off all the supports, right?
1: Yeah. Like they file it, it they often down.
0: come in like fewer different pieces, but they have like a million supports, right? Mm-hmm. So that the thing comes together. And that is not nearly as fun also resin because of the way that it is it it doesn't have as much give it's a little bit more brittle than uh the gw plastics right and so i think we kind of underestimate how fun it is to assemble something from a sprue
1: yeah just having like options and stuff like that the the sprue plastics just, walking just cutting through. and then gluing them together Mm-hmm. is
0: often, for a lot of people, that's their hobby. It's like, it's like playing kits, right? You have the model playing kits and things like that. You have the same thing for miniatures. And when we have metals, people don't like them nearly as much to assemble them. And then when you have resin plastics, although even if, I think in the future, they will be higher quality, just overall higher quality than, uh, than GW Plastics, they will not be nearly as fun to assemble. And I've been thinking that there's a large like that that group that likes assembling is is really big mm-hmm. where they don't paint like painting is a smaller part of the hobby but the assembling portion and having a fun assembly and then seeing you know you assemble it and then you put it together so you you need just enough work that you feel like you put in some effort to assemble your models and then you have an army there that's cool. the kind of secret sauce that a lot of miniature gamers enjoy that's their favorite part
1: yeah what gw has done really well with those to attract those people is giving you like options for assembly giving you accessories to assemble stuff with and when you have reasons yeah when you've got the 3d printed thing often they're just like okay we can give you lots of different sculpts but they since they don't have a whole sprue that's just like cheap to put extra little bits in the empty spaces on it takes more work to keep exactly you if part. you
0: want five different options you just have five different uh like cad files right mm-hmm. or i don't know they're cad files whatever they're stl files right and then you say oh i want the one with the sword whereas when you do that for sprue you have the five different options then you have the fun of cho- cutting that off and gluing that together whereas mm-hmm. with the 3d print you just say oh i, I choose this stl right you've already you made the choice free, right yeah, you made the choice exactly. before
1: you actually get the product yeah
0: Exactly, and I think that is a serious. Uh, like, it's funny that I, I feel like if you'd want to, I, I'm wondering if if 3D resin printed becomes like a really big thing. Like, if you go to your corner store to to do it, if dicing up your model so that your your so that the arms are separate. On your 3d resin print will end up being a way to incentivize people to use the 3d printed stuff like having having to assemble having subassembly required being an important way to get people to
1: you know buy the product yeah i've really been wanting to buy some of the DD framework stuff but none of the sculpts there have really jumped out at me so i haven't gone for any of those yeah, the but. only
0: one i want is the boulders not the boulders yeah, the, the beholder is the only one i want hmm interesting
1: Yep. it's kind of neat one. yeah
0: so I don't know I, I really don't know whether the GW plas- plastics will continue to be competitive especially with the price mm-hmm. but I do feel like the assembly is a, is a big deal mm-hmm. All right well that has been our uh, d6 minutes. So uh, if you have any questions you want us to answer uh, come and email us at contact at diceovereverything.com Yep, yeah, or find
1: us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything group. Yeah, just yep, just Dice Over Everything
0: Yep, this has been Alan.
1: It's been Brandon.
0: Bye.